Welcome to the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com, where we talk to photographers from around the globe about turning action figures, Lego, miniatures, and more into fantastic works of art. Welcome to the Toy Photographers Podcast. I'm Shelly, your host for today's episode, and I'm joined by my friend Tobias from Germany. Welcome, Tobias. Hi, Shelly. Thanks for having me here. Oh, it's a real pleasure. Um, I wanted to bring you back to the podcast because I know you've been on it before with Christina and you had um, a, an off, a wonderful conversation about your where you come from and your, your, um, your inspiration. So I'm just going to invite people to go back and listen to that episode. And I brought you on today because I really want to talk about storytelling. And I, I look at you as a a master, a master, at least more experienced than I am. So you've been really delving into the story creation process through your six image narrative format. And if no one's familiar with that format, it's a, we invite readers to contribute yeah, six too. images that either tell a story or explore a particular process or somehow six images that are related and that's how you define that is is an artistic decision. And Tobias, you've you've I think you've contributed to this series literally more than anyone else. I, I checked back, and your first series was published in the spring of 2017. And Whoa. yeah, five years, crazy, <laughs> right? Was, yeah, totally crazy. It wasn't the world set. <laughs> so. The story seemed to have become more revived, refined, and involved, and and I feel like a full story is emerging out of this process. So, I'm just curious, what attracts you to this storytelling format? Before I started with um, toy photography, I, I I photographed for around about ten years or so, and I was always attracted to um, to series to like taking more than one photo of an object or finding a theme that you could follow. And I, I might be, I might actually be a, a little influenced by, by the, what they call the Dusseldorf School of Photography, um, Bernd and Hiller Becher, they, they um, in the seventies, I think they photographed um, industry in, in, like water towers and coal mines and stuff and the photos were always you can you could always tell tell they were part of a series and they would all show different water towers like typologies and these people they they said my work of art it's not the single photograph but it's the series it's three photos or nine photos and even in museums they would put up would hang a wall full of photos. So I, I, I really like this approach to photography, not just making one photo and then move on, but, but yeah, trying to, to explore things with camera. And when I started with toy photography, I, I, I thought there should be some kind of series. And then I read about the six image narrative and I thought, yeah, well, that's, that's better still if you add a, narrative element to that you you have a very natural way of creating series and i what i liked about the six image narrative it's not too short it's not too long it's uh, six images is something you can really 
handle without losing track or without using up too much time and maybe um, losing uh, your motivation on the way. So, yeah, I think that's that's basically what what I like about the the narrative. It's interesting that you say that it's um, not too short, not too long, because I have run into a lot of people that get stuck on four. <laughs> so oh, really? how do you go yeah. from four to six? Well, I actually, I personally would have preferred to an, an uneven number, like three or five or seven, but like five pictures, like in a drama, the, the five acts, you have the beginning and then yeah, the, the, the other parts and then the end, but six is just as fine. And how do I go from, from four to six? I, I don't know. I, when I, once I have four photos, there's, there's, they, they give me ideas about what might be missing from these photos and what else I might, to, might want, like to show to, to complete the story. There's, there's, there's always something something else you can you can show something you can insert between two photos like you let's say you have somebody who who enters her house and in the next photo you, you see he's inside or she's inside and um but maybe you can you can insert something in between like a close-up of the of the doorknob or um try to show how the doorbell is ringing or how uh, the person is inside the house and tries to to orient themselves so yeah there, there are really many possibilities how how you can can add little details and stuff to to the process to to your story i i like how you talk about the details the close-up of the hand on the doorknob sometimes i, f I feel an I know this is true in my work is that I tend to photograph from the exact same distance from my subject and I don't take the time to create those details. And when you're building a story by inserting either the wide shot or the detail shot, you're, you're building suspense into your story. I think that's a really interesting concept. Yeah. And I, th I also think it helps you with the atmosphere. If you look at it uh, that way, there are pictures that, um, advance the story but there there are even in novels or short stories you have you always have these moments where uh, the story doesn't move really move or it doesn't really move at a at a um, fast pace and you have some something in between that adds a little atmosphere or yeah that's that's always a always a good possibility I mean, some, so, somebody moving from, from place A to place B, he's not just moving. He could do it in a Rolls Royce or in a, in a small Fiat Cinquecento. And that, of course, that makes a difference to your story. Or on a bicycle. Or, or on a bike, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we could just brainstorm about all the different ways your character right. can remove from point A to point B. It, yeah, each one of them but, reveals but something. Really it doesn't. It doesn't really, really advance your story most of the time. But it, it as you say, it reveals really, really something. Yeah, story, uh, character development, right? So mm -hmm. okay. So here we're like already we're like well into this. How do you build a story? How do you build a character? So it, to be as how do you are you doing this in advance? Are you writing your stories out? I mean, you've got this 
this amazing noir series going? Are you, did you storyboard this? How are you, how's this evolving in your, in your crazy Tobias brain? It's actually only evolving in the crazy Tobias brain because I don't write so many things down. I, sometimes I write down some, some headlines or I, I just imagine pictures and sequences of pictures. And then I um, just write down what's in the, in the picture. So I don't forget, but um, I don't really plan my stories. I kind of play it by ear and, and try to see what's, what's in the pictures that are already there. But um, to be fair, I have to say, uh, well, I do this noir stuff because I, I obviously like detective stories and, I read many stories, so in my head, I have a general idea how a detective story or a mystery works. You have your, your, your case, you have your mystery, and you have your hero. He comes in to solve the mystery, and um, if, if we are talking about hard-boiled detectives, he, he'll move around and ask questions and meet many, many people. And, and try to figure out uh, what's what. And um, there are also stereotypes you, you can use, like um, maybe his client is not really telling him the full truth and maybe the client doesn't want him to, to find out everything, but only the stuff he's told him to find out, whatever. That's, I'm, I'm very inspired among others, other authors by, by Raymond Chandler. And he's, he's really great at, at doing this. And from all I understand, he was also a master of improvisation. So he, he just added uh, little scenes and little um, tableau he, he considered cool or, or something and, and made them into a larger story. So it's, that's, I always justify my method or the lack of my method of, of a method by uh, referring to Chandler when they made this big sleep movie with Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Um, somebody called Chandler and, and said, yeah, could you explain this to us? That it doesn't really make sense. And Chandler said, why do you ask me? I have no idea. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it's 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 really it's really um, yeah I I I kind of played by not by ear but actually by eye I, I really look into or I try to yeah get into insert myself into the pictures so to speak and and look around and and find out what's going on and if there's something that I could build further actions on yeah basically basically like that that's interesting to you inserting yourself into your images into your storyline and looking around at what is what's happening in the space and with the other characters so are you a particular character or are you the omnipresent third person basically yes Oh come on! Yeah. <laughs> I want you to be the I want you to be the, the hard-boiled detective. I don't know. Am I? Maybe a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm. Not. I mean, it's 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 all it's all his perspective and his story and and how he sees things. But 
also I look at the detective and I actually show I have I always have one figure who's who I decide is the the, the hero or the detective in, in this recent noir story I'm I'm working on it's it's this youngish guy and he's dressed all in black like a yeah I don't know 1960s rocker rocker maybe or yeah and and then I have these um, these little motorbikes and of course he can he can ride the motorbike to to get from one place to another place and yeah but it's that changes I don't have a I don't really have a favorite figure. It's interesting that you're taking these stereotypes, these cliches, essentially the 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 hard boiled detective, the dame, the, yeah. the the dark alley, the the headlights illuminating the scene. I mean, I mean, I I think we can all kind of like go back to the Maltese Falcon or to any great noir movie and those cliches will be right there and you're taking them and you're like they're like cards shuffling them on a deck and then playing them out in a different way <laughs> right yeah yeah basically yeah that's how most mysteries work i think it's never absolutely new it's um it's like playing jazz you always you always have the, the same music but every musician gives it his his feeling and his touch and his spin I read a great quote the other day, which was that there are no great ideas. Are there no original ideas? This is like, there's no original ideas, but every idea when they go through an, a person, they are going to come out differently. And I think kind of maybe that's what you're getting at here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like when I'm, when I watch a movie and I'm in, really inspired um, by that movie and I think, yeah, I should do something like that. I try to translate it into my own visual language or my own style or integrated it into, into my story. So it's not, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like imitating or I, I don't want to imitate something I see, but I want to work, work with it. And like, uh, yeah, this, this burlesque movie um, that ins which inspired my latest noir pictures I, I like the atmosphere. I like the movie, and and um, I thought, yeah, you could do something uh, with a theater, maybe maybe even burlesque theater. And um, the, I immediately asked myself, how could this look in in my story? How would this look? Um, it's it's not a noir movie originally. Why don't I try and translate this into into noir? And that, that's actually, it's a lot of fun because the, you feel like um, you don't have to come up with everything, but still you do your own thing. Would you agree or um, am I? <laughs> no, no, I totally, I totally agree. I, I love the fact that you're, you're taking an, an influence, uh, an inspiration from something outside your preferred genre of the moment, noir, and bringing, and bringing it into that and going, well, what if, what would happen? What if I did this? But what I'm thinking of is, is those, those presser, pricer figures are like little, a little strange. You make them look beautiful. I, and you've inspired me to buy some. And then I got them and I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> they're not, they're not my cup of tea, but I'm curious when you had this idea 
to to make the burlesque into the noir were you thinking about those figures and what was available and what could you get that would fill in the gaps for the characters yeah that was actually the hard part because they um yeah i think prizer and there's another company uh, that makes these in, in germany that makes these um h0 figures or 187 scale figures and they have like um prostitutes and maybe even uh strip dancers but i didn't like any of those because they are they are for my taste they are too stereotyped so i decided to um prizer also has a samba troupe for example so <laughs> i decided to to use that instead because i i like these figures figures better and i, I didn't want the, the whole story to be too seedy. I want it to be still tasteful and, and kind of beautiful and, and yeah. So I think, and, I think and, that comes across because I feel like you you created more of a jazz club than a burlesque club. <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Was I guess that brings me to the next point, which is your sets are amazing. I mean the the whole theater is just so beautiful and the lighting what holds your interest the most in this process the storytelling creating these sets designing the lighting which honestly is is its own character in these in these photos or just the general photographic challenge of bringing your vision to life that's a big question sorry about that <laughs> it's, yeah and it's a hard one too because i actually i i I think I promised you to write something about lighting and building and, and uh, how I make my photographs. I promised that like a year ago and I feel really bad about not being able to come up with anything be because that's exactly my, my difficulty to, to really um, take these things apart. I, th I would say spontaneously, I would say um, it's all of this. It's how it comes together. It's, it's the... Yeah, it's the fact that it's not just photography, it's also um, model building, but I don't build these uh, sets or di dioramas, uh, whatever you would call them. I don't build them to have them, but just to photograph them. Um, so they, they are part of the picture making process, so to speak. But I, I think uh, storytelling comes last. I'm, I'm more interested in the in the visual aspects how can i how can i make pictures that look good to me but also get the get the story across and that i think that's the, that's actually the the challenge i really like uh, and also also the challenge of creating pictures that can could stand alone at best but at the same time they can be part of a story so i have to to pay attention to, to um, of course, the, the pictures that come before and the pictures that come after. So I, I can create a kind of coherent world, but um, when in doubt, I, I rather um, ignore continuity and um, make a nice picture. <laughs> <laughs> picture first. <laughs> picture first, yeah. Picture first yeah. and then story uh, will- That's my motto. That's really my motto, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking Sorry. about your uh, um, the dressing room. I think it was the dressing room that you made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, 
how tell me about the process of was that was that a photo you saw in your mind because the lighting and the choices you made in and creating that diorama are very much around lighting yeah the, those dressing rooms like what what's um the de defining part of these dressing rooms to me seem to be these mirrors and the light the the vanity i think you call them vanity lights besides the mirrors so that um, the the artists can can do their makeups uh, very well and have have all the light they they need to to dress up and yeah I kind of built the built the whole thing around this um, I actually that was a part that was one of the parts I really like in in the burlesque movie the the um, scenes the, the the chaos and the in the dressing rooms and how every, everybody's going somewhere and everybody's talking and there's so much happening at the same time and still you have a you have a story to tell or or as a as a viewer you have a story to follow and and actually in sitting in front of the tv tv watching that that movie you you have to re, be really quick and and figure out what's what and i kind of like to 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 take that uh, and and uh, do it in, in miniature, and my choice of lights was kind of limited because there there are no they, they, the, these kinds of lights are not on, on sale. I, I didn't find them anywhere, so I had kind of had to build them, and I I would have um, preferred these rows of light bulbs, but I still haven't figured out how how. Um, how to build these mini light bulbs. So I decided to have these, these lights I have, these uh, like neon, neon lights, maybe neon lamps. Yeah, and did I, did I answer your question? I think that's- Yeah, a, it's, 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 the, it's the picture, yeah. I, I had some kind of a picture in my mind and then I tried to get as close to this picture as I could. It's interesting when you're describing the movie, you're talking about the chaos of the, of the dressing room and all the people rushing about and getting ready and getting ready for the show and people in and out. But then your image that you create from that is, let's just say it's minimalist. That's the Tobias okay. way. <laughs> That's the Tobias. The Tobias style is going to this, this super... You're, you're stripping the image down to its essence, which is, that's where the beauty is for me. Yes, I do. You're right. I, I feel like I do, I do that. But do I, I don't, I don't really, I, I really like very tidy, abstract pictures, expressive pictures, but I wonder if it's not, also due to the to the limitation of this of the small scale and what's available in small scale and what's buildable in small scale so it's maybe a combination of, of many things and and those but every single one of those steps is an artistic choice and every single one of those choices adds up to a style do you think your style has changed over the last five years as you've been doing this Starting off with Gregor, and then the Zone, and now we're into Noir. It's it's hard for me hard for me to tell. It's, I think it's become a bit more elaborate, and I I 
because I've, I now learned how to build these buildings, I pay more. I can pay more attention to the detail. But sometimes I, I really I build very detailed um, buildings, and then I don't use all the all the detail that happens too. So how did my my style evolve? And I think it's yeah, with more practice, there there's more stuff I can do. Like when you play an instrument, the more you practice, you the better you get, and you the more fluent you get in your in what you, whatever you're doing. So yeah, it's it's really hard for me to tell if my, <laughs> my or how my style changed. What would you say? I think it's become more refined. I mean, I have a real soft spot for the zone. That one, I love that one. That was the the color series of the people that is very dystopian mm -hmm. caught in in a in a place where they're clearly in danger but we don't know from what and the lighting in that is is so makes me feel so uncomfortable that's why i like it and plus it was part from a from a time when like the world felt like it was falling apart even more mm -hmm. so than it does now but we won't go there <laughs> <laughs> actually that, now that you mentioned the zone i i think in the zone, I was actually I was actually the hero because um, the the one unifying um, element is the is the the camera the, the the photographer. It's and that was the story behind this. That there's no no action or no no classic story, no development. Um, I just had this idea this idea of a, of, a, um, of a journalist walking around in this zone and trying to make sense of it and um maybe maybe yeah trying to find a story but and he just tried to or he just documented what what he saw so yeah i think i just saw how your story and your process has evolved is gregor and the early images you've talked about in the past were very influenced by Kafka and that was a influence directly from literature and mm -hmm. knowing right. and, and recreating that. And then the zone was maybe an early experience of placing yourself in the scene. You're a part of that scene. You're the, but in this case, you're maybe a first person photographer interacting and now you've moved into a more omnipresent narrator guiding and revealing what's going on in the story. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what happened, but I, I didn't plan to do this. It just happened. <laughs> I don't think anybody of us, any of us plan to do that. I think that is as artists, that's how we evolve. We start with emulation and imitation, and then it's baby steps into where is our voice? What is our viewpoint? And then the original stories emerge out of that. And it feels like to me, that's where you're at now. I, I hope that's where I am. It, it feels the same to me, truth be told. Yeah. Yes. And maybe, maybe, maybe it's it's also like that when I when even in this this noir project, it's it's getting bigger and bigger. And I I start with like three pictures, and then 
it was six and then it was another six and another six and i'm getting going towards 60 pictures in the same story right now and and maybe if you really stick with it that's also when you when you get better and when you um when you find your voice somehow and and i don't look left and right so much i just try to get go through this and and sometimes i i actually well kind of force myself to to continue and to finish this well i hope you do because i want to buy the book when you publish it <laughs> but what i think is interesting is like you've taken us the viewer the readers of the of the of the blog on this journey with you and we're as invested in your process as you are and i think that's why you have such a a, a fan base in in the community is because we've gone on this journey with you we've watched you evolve and grow as an artist and for me, it's been very, it's very satisfying. It's, it's, it's a, it's a privilege. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what to say. I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't I, actually, I didn't really realize it's yeah. Well, yeah so what you, happens when we have these weird yeah, uh -huh. deep conversations is things come up <laughs> that maybe we, none yeah. of us were aware of, which is part of the yeah. joy. So it you, is. You, you're deep in the mini suites and, and they've been on the, 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 Three of them have been up on the blog recently. So when you, and there you've broken this 60 image arc that you're working on down to little three image vignettes. So where do you start with those? When you have one image, where do you go from there? Well, I could, I could, there are two possibilities. One is I could just um, look at the image and then ask myself what happened before and what's going to happen next right the next moment like i i think in this one i know this was really weird actually the, the beginning of the story i start with a picture that's probably not in the story any longer yeah it might it might still be in or or i took it out and took it back in it's it's two guys in a warehouse um uh, talking and you you see them through the um, space between two rail railway wagons, um, and they they're I think from from the picture you can gather they are up to no good. <laughs> so I so I had my I kind of had my bad guy, and, and I thought yeah. I actually was inspired by, I think, podcast where people talked about noir and black and white and, and lighting and, and somehow my name came up and I, I had already put noir as a theme aside, kind of aside for me. And that kind of, yeah, inspired me to look at the genre again and try, maybe try a different angle. So... I started with that picture and I, then I thought, okay, this, after all, this is a de detective story and there's no, no real detective if he doesn't have a client who um, at some time calls him or walks into his office and says, here we go, yeah, we, have a, we have a case for you, please find my whatever or find out who, who murdered my, my husband. And 
So then, then I pretty soon after this first picture, I made one or two pictures of the detective in his office. And of course, you, you ask yourself what's going on there. Usually he's uh, the hardware detective. He's just in his office and uh, drinking breakfast. And nothing much happens until a dame or a lady walks in. And of course, she's trouble. Uh, yeah, and I, I tried to show that. And, and then the next picture, obviously, when, when this um, lady client uh, walks into the office, she, she leaves the office at one point, which was, for me, was the, the moment where I could really um, introduce the detective from, from up front or, or in, in a little more close-up manner bef than before. And then what's the next step? He starts investigating. So he goes out in the streets and talks to people. And then somebody points him to, um, well, he's, he's, my story is he's told to, to find somebody, somebody who's gone missing. And then somebody points out a hotel to him. And then he goes into a hotel and he finds this young lady, but um, that doesn't really solve the case for anybody. Yeah, that's how it goes. And, and then you go on and on and on. And when I came up with the, I, I came up with the um, burlesque idea very late in the process. And I thought, yeah, I only have one picture that, that actually shows him talking to people and asking around, why don't I try to tell the story so that people understand, yeah, he goes to this theater to investigate there and he talks to people and he, of course, he enjoys uh, he enjoys the show because he can um, uh, charge expenses to his customer, <laughs> <laughs> and and um, yeah, what happens when you ask too many questions? You get thrown out, and so yeah, that's how, how it evolved, how the story evolves, and how the story goes. So it's for me very often the just the next step is kind of logical. Or sometimes, sometimes I look back and I, I think, yeah, I don't know, apart from me, maybe nobody would understand why this is happening. And I need some pictures in between to just fill in the blanks or, or some of the blanks to, to make it more understandable. It's like, as you're talking and he's, he's going from his office and the dame walks in and, and then she leaves and then they're off to the, wherever the trail leads, every single one of those is an image opportunity. Every single one of them. Yeah, of course. Exactly. And then, yeah. and then you're, you know, then you're off and so then what do you do? You, you print them all out or you look at them and you go, Whoa, wait a minute. How did I jump from a to C where's B in there? And then you go back and do the fill in. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. exactly what I do. I don't print them out. I, I um, well, I have my, I have a homepage and a blog, and I just create a page in in the blog, uh, a private page, that I simply don't publish, and I, I throw the pictures in there, and um, so I, I just move them around online, and I, I have this like, yeah, a, a feedback for myself what would this look like in, in, in a, uh, well, online medium, for example, that's, that's how I, how I work this. That's uh, I want to see that page. <laughs> <laughs> 
So are you familiar with, uh, I mean, we've been talking about story development and, and how, how you do it. it sounds like your process is fairly organic. And I guess my fascination with storytelling and wanting to talk about that is that photography is, I mean, it's everywhere right now. Some would say it's the golden age of photography. And I just feel like you just can't do it. I don't, well, you can do anything. Can't is a silly word. But story is one, is one of the tools in our toolbox to set the photographer apart from other people and create their own, their own voice. And we've been talking about your organic form of, of having an image and then moving forward with that and then letting it develop. But there are, there are other ways to sort of to, to approach storytelling. And do you think there's value in, in, in other techniques like Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, or even Pixar's 22 guidelines for storytelling, even though I, I feel like that's a little bit of a cliche, even that. <laughs> what do you think? I guess, but you're dealing with in cliches, right? It's just a different version yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think they can be really helpful. Um, and I have a background in, in I studied literature. And so I obviously studied uh, narr- a little bit of narratology. And um, I, I didn't read the I didn't read Campbell's book, but there's something similar by Roland Barthes, for example. So there are, it's, it's, when you boil it down, it's, it's not the same, but it's pretty similar. Um, I think, yeah, I think these, knowing these rules or these um, ideas can be extremely helpful. It might, actually have helped me when I, when I think back to, to Roland Bacht and he's a structuralist. And uh, once you understand how, how um, structuralism works with respect to stories, storytelling, um, you, you understand a lot and that enables you to, to say, yeah, I have these building blocks and I put them together. Um, as for Gamble's book, I, I read some summaries uh, lately. I, th- I think it's, it's, it can be pretty helpful. As for Pixar's rules, I think I don't re- agree with all of them. For example, Pixar, um, uh, Pixar uh, uh, recommends you, you try to connect with your audience and you, and you always have your audience in mind. And um, on one hand, yes, you have you have to consider your audience because you you want to deliver something that that's somehow understandable and that's makes some sense. So you have to put yourself in, into the shoes of your audience. But on the other hand, um, yeah, don't don't do it for the likes or the applause. I, I realized whenever I, I think of of an audience too much, I end up with pictures I, I don't really much care about so yeah it's 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 difficult I think as a beginner it's 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 really good to have these rules to to um, try out these different structures they they provide but um, yeah maybe the the more the more you do you, the more you'll play by your own, your own rules, so to speak. 
it's, what's that old adage? Know, know the rules, then you can break them. Isn't that how that goes? Yeah, basically. Basically, yes. Or ignore them. <laughs> yeah, ignore yeah. them like the rule of yeah. thirds. I yeah. really enjoyed that book that you recommended on understanding cartoons because since we're a since Pixar and that's a moving picture, they're trying to sell tickets that they're just exactly. trying to make a blockbuster, right? Yeah. That's not right. what we're trying to do here. And I thought that Understanding Cartoons book was really a good one because it, since photography is very much a visual medium, it was dealing with storytelling from a visual point of view, which I thought might be more appropriate for our audience. I think so too, because he goes, he really goes into, um, telling stories with pictures, as you say, and, and how, how you put pictures into a sequence. And he's, of course, he, he also covers the dialogue, but, but yeah, I, th I think what makes this, this book so interesting, by the way, um, for, for those of you, our listeners who, who don't know this book, it, it's a comic about comics. So that in itself makes it really interesting. It's the, the, I think it's it's one of the the few non-fictional comics I know. So it's a it's absolutely even that is absolutely a treat. And and I think he has some very smart ob observations. Um, for example, about the connection between pictures. Yeah, we'll, I, we'll I link to I, that one in the in the post. But that's that's just like a seminal work, and it's also incredibly entertaining to read. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely yeah. So this has been an absolutely delightful conversation to be us about storytelling and developing your voice. And I guess if I was going to boil it down a little bit, so what we talked about was photo first, and then you develop a storyline from one photo by looking at what comes before or after what's in between the spaces and by developing that storyline, you're going to keep your viewers engaged and coming along this journey with right. you. Right. Yeah, that's that's an important point. Yeah. Yeah. And and then and then over time your store your style will develop. That's what yeah. I got from our conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's I think that's pretty much what I wanted to say. Don't don't worry about your style. That that'll come. That'll just happen. Yeah. Did you have one piece of advice that you would like to leave our viewers with in their on their own for their own journey? Yeah, just don't you you use <laughs> actually you said it all, but I, I would say that when you when you start out to make a six image narrative, don't worry too much. Just just jump into it and, and kind of yeah, try to see where where the story leads you. And um, of course, if you if you feel like you need a storyboard or if you need to to write down the story in in, in words, of course you can do that. Um, I think I think we all have to find our own way um, how how we how we work best and how our our own way to be at our, at our best. Yeah, that's, but but don't worry, really don't worry. Just do it. It, it it'll it'll work. I'm, I'm pretty convinced that's the best way. It's also the best way to learn. And of course, you have to be self-critical. That's how you learn. Like really ask yourself, is this the picture I wanted? Is this the picture that will work for my story? And um, I'm not telling you how often I reshot <laughs> pictures, 
until they sat right with the story and with what I had in mind. That's a good point, reviewing your work. I think a lot of us, and, and, and this is very part of the age that we live in, that's produce, 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 put it up, get the insta insta whatever reaction but so so seldom do we take the moment to like you said put it up in on a page review look does this make sense where am i going what am i even doing here and just (laughs) take a moment to just review what you're doing and as an artist i think we have to look at our images not only which ones are not working but which ones are working because I know when you're doing a series, sometimes you have to throw out the really good ones. Because <laughs> sometimes they just, they don't work in the, you get too attached to stuff. Yeah, you're right there. But on the other hand, the, the, I always look at the, the pictures I like and try to figure out what I like, what exactly I like about them, them and how could I possibly reproduce these parts I, I like. So that's also a way to basically spin your story and to get better of course yeah reviewing i i just wanted to like circle way back to the six image and you said you would prefer to wanted to do it in odd numbers three five have you ever considered that it's actually seven because we like to have a different image for the header so it's really seven to base you can do this in an <laughs> odd number i just want you to know that that's an option I know and that's what I do, but it always feels like cheating. <laughs> <laughs> you can cheat. Rules are made to be broken. We've already decided that. Okay. <laughs> okay, that was a delightful conversation. Thank you so yeah. much for joining me on the podcast and talking about storytelling and taking a deep dive into your work. It was a real treat. Same for me, and thank you for taking the time and and coming up with all these questions. And I hope it's there's something in here for everybody. Well, if not here, we're gonna add part of what we'll have up on the blog is a list of books that have inspired you, books for reference if people want to take a deeper dive into storytelling and how they can use that in their own work. And some examples of your earlier work, like we we talked about from um, the different stages of your own process and people can see how your works evolved over time. So thank you, Tobias. And thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more episodes or articles about toy photography, visit us at toyphotographers.com. The best way to connect with us on social media is on MeWe. Search for toyphotographers.com or find the link in the show notes. If MeWe's not your thing, visit us at Facebook, Toy Photographers, or on Twitter, at Toy Photoblog, or on Instagram, at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Thanks again for listening.